Bismillah, bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu wassalam ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa mawlah. Amma ba'd, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So we had finished off uh, with the ayah, Allah Ta'ala was speaking about uh, paradise. Speaking about these cups flowing wine. And of course we know this is not the type of wine that people get wasted and drunk and all this stuff. No, this is, you know, the wine of paradise. Just a pure pleasure. Then Allah Ta'ala says what? No ill speech will they hear therein or any falsehood. So the expected sentence is what? Right, that, that would be sort of the expected sentence structure. But you find that fiha in it is being advanced and emphasized. When Allah Ta'ala advances it, it implies what? One, it could indicate exclusivity. So it's saying what? Yes, they're going to hear lots of nonsense and lots of lies in this dunya, but specifically over there in paradise, that's when that's all going to stop. Yes, you're hearing lots of annoying things from the disbelievers. They're asking you all sorts of falsehood questions. They're debating with you and they're arguing with you and they're lying about you and they're putting things in the media. Yeah, that's, that's going to be expected in the dunya, but fiha exclusively, specifically over in paradise, inshallah, there's going to be no lahu, no nonsense speech, wala kithaba, and no lies. We also have to exp uh, expand a little bit here. Fiha, in it. Now, one, the most common interpretation, in it, yani in paradise, fil jannah, or al-mafaz, right? In al-muttaqina mafaza. We're talking about this reward, the, 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 the big prize, paradise. But there's another interpretation, al-ka's. Al-ka's means the cup. And so it's talking about what? These people are going to be drinking, and Allah is saying, in it, as in these majalis, where people are drinking, these, these you know, majalis al-sharab, you could say, ala sharab the, the, they will not be, in, in these gatherings where people are drinking, you're not going to hear any, what, uh, nonsense speech, any, uh, you know, uh, what's it called, like uh, murmuring and, you know, slurring the words and so forth, nor any lies, implying what? Emphasizing the fact that despite the fact that people are drinking and Allah says that You're going to keep getting refills normally when you think oh unlimited drinks keep getting refills by the end of the night People are completely gone their speech is completely slurred and messed up and Allah Ta'ala is saying quite the opposite And so that is one way of looking at it, but then Allah says Which means uh, like nonsense speech Kithab is emphatic so it's saying big lies and then so somebody might get the question say what are little lies gonna be spoken at that time? Like, you get my point? That if you say there's going to be no major lies, you say, okay, what about minor lies? What about, you know, average lies? And the answer is no, that's not the case. Why? Because in Arabic, when emphatic, when an emphatic term is used in the negative, it can mean at all or whatsoever, right? So, for example, when you're saying, in it, there be, there's going to be no nonsense speech, no lahu, and no kithab. It means there's not going to be, and not even the smallest of lies, not even the tiniest of lies. It's not saying that there's not going to be big lies, but maybe you'll find little ones. It's not, it's not saying that. And this is, in multiple times in the Quran, I'll give one other example of this. Allah Ta'ala says what? Uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا أَنَا بِظَلَّامٍ لِلْعَبِيدِ And I am not a ظَلَّام for my servants. Now you might say, ظَلَّام means an extreme oppressor. So is he going to be a little bit oppressive? Do you see the question? Is he going to be a ظَلِم, not a ظَلَّام? Is he going to be oppressive, but not very oppressive? And the answer is no. When Allah says, وَمَا أَنَا بِظَلَّامٍ لِلْعَبِيدِ It's actually the opposite. It implies what? That I will never be even the slightest bit unjust to my servants. There's no chance whatsoever. A few other points is what? Will we hear lahu in this life? Yes, absolutely. Allah Ta'ala began the surah with what? عَمَّ يَتَسَأَلُونَ عَنِ النَّبَأِ الْعَظِيمِ أَلَّذِهُمْ فِيهِ مُخْتَلِفُونَ These guys are asking questions they don't even 
they don't even know what they're talking about. They're just like, oh, I kind of think this and I feel that. They don't even have a, a, a consistent position themselves, but they're challenging. And Allah Ta'ala also says what? This word kithab only shows up twice in the Quran. In, these, in this surah, ayah number 28, and here in ayah number, this is uh, 35. So, what is it saying? It's saying, yes, you're going to hear lots of lies, big lies, and frustrating, annoying debate in this dunya, but don't worry, it's not going to be that way in the akhirah. Allah Ta'ala also confirms this when Allah says, And you are going to surely hear from those who were given the scripture before you and from those who associate others with Allah. So in other words, Ahlul Kitab and the Mushrikeen, from both of them, you're going to hear what? Adhan kathira, lots of abuse. They're going to insult you. They're going to talk bad about you. They're going to try to malign you and attack you in all kinds of ways. There's a very important lesson here. I know I'm building it all up, but here, please understand and remember this lesson. If you want the peace of the akhirah, if you want to be in the place where there's no lahu, no kithab, no lying, no debating, no arguing, no frustration, then you have to suffer some of the trials of da'wah specifically in this life. It seems that this is what is being indicated, that a true believer goes through the frustration of da'wah in this dunya. You call people to Islam, they reject, they uh, uh, attack you, they insult you, they belittle you, they talk down to you, and you frustrate, frustrate. If you want to get the peace of the akhirah, where there's this contrast that finally I'm done with all of this frustration, that means you must have suffered a little bit in this dunya. So therefore, what is the conclusion? Do not insulate yourself from uncomfortable conversations. I'm going to repeat that. Do not insulate yourself from uncomfortable conversations. Have those difficult discussions and know that your reward is with Allah in the hereafter where there's going to be no more arguing. In other words, it's very sad when we live in the West, which is, I would say, extremely fertile ground in the sense that there are so many people that are hungry and thirsty for Islam. They're just waiting to hear the truth of Islam, but we're too shy. So we insulate ourselves and we say, it's like you want paradise on earth. You know, I just want to be in a place where there's no lahu, no kithab, uh, there's no lying, there's no backbiting, there's no, you know, trash talk, there's no argumentation. I, that's what I want in dunya. I'm sorry, that's not the place for it. In dunya, not that you go out trying to argue, but you go out to try to give da'wah. And then expect some frustration in the process. And be okay with that and say, alhamdulillah, I'm on the path of the anbiya. It's a good thing. Yes. Now. There's another uh, reading of it, Al-Kasa'i, he reads it, Kadaba without the Shadda. So it's less emphatic, so there's two readings of it, and Allah knows best. Now the Prophet ﷺ says, with regards to lahum, with regards to nonsense speech, the Prophet ﷺ says what? As in Tirmidhi hadith, it's Hassan, it's an authentic hadith. لا تكثروا الكلام بغير ذكر الله Don't talk a lot without the remembrance of Allah. Make sure you include the remembrance of Allah. Mention an ayah of the Qur'an. Mention a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Say something that has to do with your deen. Remember Allah Ta'ala. If you're talking for an hour, there's got to be a few ahadith, a few ayat of Qur'an in the process. It has to be. Because lots of talking without any remembrance of Allah is going to harden the heart. And the person who is furthest from Allah is the one who has a hard heart. So if you can sit with your buddies, two hours go by, Watching sports, I don't know, joking around about this, that, and the other. Okay, alhamdulillah, it's not, it's not bad to hang out. In fact, it's good. Suhbah uh, salih, you know, hanging out with good friends, it's good. Everybody gets closer. There's nothing wrong with having a good time and joking around. But subhanAllah, every once in a while, there are instances and moments where you could bring up something. Even saying subhanAllah or alhamdulillah or just a one word or two words, take advantage of these opportunities. Furthermore, look at how many ayat of the Qur'an Describe the believers as people who stay away from lahu, stay away from nonsense speech. And now I want you to think about how often we're on our phones, and believe me, I'm not trying to pretend I'm above all this, but how often do you get caught up in entertainment, in fake 
you know, nonsense, just stories. And I mean, we're not children. We shouldn't be listening to fairy tales or watching nonsense all the time. But subhanAllah, how many people's lives are caught up in things that are just fake? And they know it's fake, but I'm, oh, I love this actor, or I love this movie, or I love this show, and Netflix, this and that. And just constantly nonsense being pumped and downloaded into your mind. And look at how many ayat say that the believers do their best to shun this. Allah Ta'ala says what? Allah says, and when they hear ill speech, nonsense, garbage, trash, just, just useless information, they turn away from it and they say, for us is our deeds and for you is your deeds. Peace be with you. We seek not the ignorant. We don't want to be around this nonsense, this jahala. This, it's, not, it's not for me. You have your deeds. That's your lifestyle. That's your business. Oh, the latest gossip and celebrity, this, that. Yeah, yeah, that's, I'm very happy for you. <laughs> Salam, peace, I'm out. No, thank you. Allah says what? When it comes to lahu, mu'aridun, they turn away. Allah says what? And when they pass by these, you know, whether it be walking, passing by, or scrolling, you know, passing by. You can look at it both ways. When you pass by nonsense speech, what do they, they, they do? Marru kirama. They keep going. And in a noble way. They don't disrespect people because it's very dangerous to be, you know, stick your nose out at people and, and act like you're above them. Be like, you know, you people are such, so beneath me. You don't want to be that person at the same time. But you want to do things in a noble way. You want to walk away in a way that you say, listen, this is not appropriate. I have better, you know, we have better things to do. We should be doing something better than this. So this is, and then furthermore, Allah Ta'ala specifically tells us how the disbelievers will attack the Qur'an. Allah does not say they're going to attack the Qur'an by analyzing it, studying tafsir, studying seerah, and then coming up with all the best arguments to find the, the, the faults and the holes. No. Allah says what? وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفْرُوا لَا تَسْمَعُوا لِهَذَا الْقُرْآنِ وَالْغَوْ فِيهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَغْلِبُونَ And those who disbelieve say, don't listen to this Qur'an and speak noisily or speak nonsense. Just distract them uh, from its recitation uh, that perhaps you are going to overcome. They know that if they attack the Qur'an directly, what's it going to cause you to do? It's going to make you become a serious Muslim, right? Let's be honest. If you go to school one day and some guy comes to you, I got a question about the Qur'an. Why does the Qur'an say this? Why does the Qur'an say that? Are you guys like violent people or this thing? like, oh, I better study fiqh jihad. You know, I better find out what's, what's the, this warfare. Are you guys, uh, you know, this way or that way? Well, I better figure it out. You know, I better study it. So subhanAllah, this is going to make you only go deeper. And then, you go, oh, I got great answers now. And then now you became a better Muslim because of it. But instead, just give them nonsense. Just keep on distracting, you know, shiny this, shiny that. And subhanAllah, look at the ummah today. I even say, I would even be so un uh, unfortunately transparent, say, so even look at myself. I, I, I despise when I get caught up in, you know, lahu, nonsense, uh, distractions, entertainment. Yes, okay, maybe a little bit of time, but how much? How many hours can go by? May Allah protect us. Furthermore, Qais ibn Abi Haraza, uh, he said that, that the Prophet ﷺ, he came to us when we were in the marketplace and he said what? He said this marketplace is, full, is filled with idle talk and false oaths. So mix some charity with it. Beautiful concept that what? When you're in a tough environment, haggling, yelling, cussing, swearing, maybe, especially nowadays, advertisements, everything is being, you know, advertised through usually sexual 
uh, imagery, right? So you're in the market, you just, you just went there to go shopping for something simple, and subhanAllah, you hear nonsense talk, you hear you get fitna this and you know, temptation that, and you get through all, go through all this, let's say, evil. And by the end of it, the Prophet is saying what? That, okay, if you're gonna be in this environment, you, know, you might wanna follow up with a little bit of sadaqah, as an expiation, as a kafara, right? As the hadith says, that if you do something wrong, try to, uh, try to follow up with a good deed, tamhuha, that you can erase what you did earlier. And a very important point that I think is very, very crucial about this ayah is what? How amazing that you can be in an uncomfortable environment. We all know this. I'm sure you've been in the cold, been in the heat, been in something uncomfortable, and yet you're with good co company, and you're having a good conversation. Maybe you're seated on an uncomfortable, I don't know, park bench, and you're like hurting or whatever. It's just uncomfortable. And yet, or the wind is blowing, it's like cutting your skin, you feel like it's just so bitter cold. But you're with good people, and you're having a great, engaging, beautiful conversation. It's so enlightening and interesting that you forget about the environment. That's one thing. On the flip side, you could be in the most beautiful, physically beautiful environment. Maybe you spent a year planning to go on some amazing trip. It costs a lot of money. You went to, I don't know, some beach, resort, whatever. And then you're with people, let's say family, friends, whatever, and then one person says one word. I'm offended. They say another word back. What? Now, back, forth, back, forth. And that little argument, that lahu, that kithab, this lie, it spoils the whole thing. You think, subhanAllah, how many thousands did I spend? We took a flight, how, many, how much planning, the, the hotel, all this because, and then it was all ruined. So Allah Ta'ala is telling you, after you see the beauty of paradise, we all know it can be spoiled completely with what? Almost like the same way you can build a house, takes you years to build up a beautiful house, lots of money, and then one spark, right? Sets fire and it builds, 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 and the whole thing burns down very quickly, right? So in the same way, you try to create a beautiful environment, one ugly word, one bad joke, one offensive statement does what? Like the little spark burns the whole thing down. And Allah Ta'ala is telling you no. In paradise, it's not gonna be like that. Yes, it's after describing the beautiful environment, Allah says, there's not, there's not gonna be those words that destroy everything. In fact, in Jannah, every conversation is gonna be more rewarding, more beautiful. Then Allah says what? As a reward from your Lord and a generous gift, uh, I have to, I don't, it says made due by account, but Allah, if that a translation is good, it's very difficult to translate these things. So let's break it down. First and foremost, some scholars, they say there is mahdhuf, there is a omitted statement here. Jazaahumullahu bithalika jazaa'an min rabbika ata'an hisaba. They say that there's an omitted statement that is kind of understood, that this is a reward from Allah. Allah knows best. Now, it's interesting that this ayah has a parallel. In ayah number 26, Allah described the, described the recompense for the disbelievers. Jazaa'an wifaqa. After describing how horrible, how terrible, Parada, uh, excuse me, how terrible Jahannam, hellfire is, Allah Ta'ala says what? Jaza'a wifaqa, it is exactly fitting. This is exactly what they deserve. No more, no less. It's perfectly fitting for them. So as much as you're horrified by that scene, this is what jaza'a wifaqa. Now on the flip side, Allah describes paradise in the most beautiful way. And then says what? Jaza'a min rabbika, ata'an hisaba. That this is a recompense from your Lord and a hisab gift. Now, ata is a gift, but What's fascinating about this is Ibn, Ibn uh, Qutaybah, he says, Ata'an hisaba means a huge gift, like a lot. But, and some say that this is describing what they deserve from their deeds. But I think that the strongest opinion, and Allah knows best, is that it's referring to two different things. Jaza'an min rabbika means a recompense from your Lord. This is a reference to what the believers earned through their good deeds. In other words, you worked hard, you tried to do a lot of good, Allah Ta'ala is going to give you a reward. But then, do you deserve everything? Of course not, because we're measly human beings. And whatever good we do is extremely small. So Allah says, I'll reward you for the good that you did. However, this is a gift from Allah's mercy that you did not earn. This is way beyond your capacity. Because 
even if we do a couple of years of good deeds, that doesn't mean we deserve eternal paradise, right? So how can we earn it? This just goes to show the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. We know that Allah Ta'ala says, مَنْ جَاءَ بِالْحَسَنَةِ فَلَهُ عَشْرُ أَمْثَالِهَا وَمَنْ جَاءَ بِالسَّيَّةِ فَلَا يُجْزَى إِلَّا مِثْلَهَا وَهُمْ لَا يُظْلَمُونَ Whoever comes on judgment day with a good deed, they're going to have ten times the like of it. And whoever comes with an evil deed, they're not going to be repented except for one time exactly, and they will not be ever done wrong to. They'll never be wronged. So Allah Ta'ala is showing His mercy by saying, look, even the most base minimum for one deed is multiplied by ten. And Allah Ta'ala can multiply as much as He wills infinitely, subhanAllah, for even one deed. But when it comes to uh, evil, it's always going to be one for one. It's never going to be more than that because there is no zulm, there is no oppression. And now, and hisaba. what's the best way to translate this word? Ata'an is a gift, straightforward. But hisab comes from the root verb ahsaba yuhsibu, which means to give somebody so much that they say what? Hasb. Hasb. Enough, enough. Hasbi, hasbi. Right? It's enough, it's enough. So that means Allah Ta'ala is going to give you and give the believers and give the believers where you say, Ya Rab, okay. <laughs> ya Rab, it's okay. I'm good. I'm good. Imagine now, we all know our own greed and our own you know, desires. There's probably no amount that you'll say, that's enough. You'll just say, keep going, keep going. I want more. I want more. But subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala is telling you, I will keep giving and I will keep giving in paradise to the point that you say, it's enough, it's enough, it's enough, subhanAllah. And furthermore, the Prophet tells us what? لَيْسَ أَحَدٌ مِنْكُمْ يُنْجِهِ عَمَلُهُ, عمله. قالوا ولا أنت يا رسول الله قال ولا أنا إلا أن يتغمدني يتغمدني يتغمدين الله منه بمغفرة ورحمة. There is nobody amongst us. There's no person whose deeds alone would give them salvation. Nobody would do enough deeds for them to get paradise. And so the companion said, "Not even you, O Messenger of Allah." And he said, "Not even me, except that Allah enshrouds me and wraps me in His mercy and forgiveness." So in other words. We know and we understand that subhanAllah, we do not have this attitude that, okay, if I do this many deeds and I check off enough boxes, therefore I deserve paradise. No, you do your deeds. You try as much as you can to be a righteous person, recognizing fully that only Allah Ta'ala can give paradise through His mercy and is not something that we could say, I deserve it, you know, 100%. Furthermore, Allah says, وَمَا تُقَدِّمُوا لِأَنفُسِكُمْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ تَجْدُهُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ هُوَ خَيْرًا وَأَعْظَمَ أَجْرًا وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا اللَّهِ and whatever good you put forward for yourselves, you will find it with Allah. It is better and greater in reward. In other words, Allah is always going to multiply it. And seek forgiveness of Allah. Indeed, Allah is forgiving and merciful. What's also fascinating, something that really we overlook. It is a recompense from your Lord. It's not your, in English, there's a deficiency in the English language. When I say your, am I speaking to one person or, or a group of people? In French, it's there's su or vous, right? So in French and in other languages, there's a differentiation, but in English, there isn't. So this is the plural your, excuse me, this is not the plural your. This is not saying rabbukum, all of your Lord, it's singular. So this is speech to the Prophet Muhammad alone. Just saying what? So I know it's a detailed, but if you can follow with me, the word rabbika is including the mention of the Prophet indicating that the reward of the believers is intimately tied to honoring of the Prophet. This is an honor for the Prophet. Imagine the believers, each of them, are being told, you're gonna to get this great reward, and the Prophet and Allah is telling his messenger, it's gonna be your Lord that gives. In other words, it should tie us to saying what? We have to follow and honor and respect and love the Messenger because he's the one who the revelation was brought uh, to us through him. As Allah Ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَمَلَائِكَةَ يُصَلُّونَ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ أَمْنُوا صَلُّوا عَلَيْهُ وَسَلِيمُ تَسْلِيمًا Indeed, Allah sends blessings 
upon his prophet and so do his angels. Oh, you have believed, confer blessings and send blessings upon him and ask Allah Ta'ala to grant him peace. Send him blessings and peace. This is a reminder that when you think about paradise, of course you want to be with your Lord. Of course you want all the descriptions that were mentioned, the companions and the, and the drinks and the, and the fruits and the gardens and all this was extremely beautiful as description. But the Prophet is mentioned why? To remind us that I need to be upon the sunnah. I need to be following the best of examples in every way possible. And of course, we should remember that when Allah Ta'ala describes jaza'an min rabbika, a recompense from your Lord, وَعَطَاءً حِسَابًا This reward, this gift, Allah. What we should think of is what? Every time somebody says you're going to get a gift from somebody, you always assess who the giver is, right? If you say, oh, this little child has a gift for you, what do you expect? You know, I don't know, some little toy, right? Something cute. If some, somebody older, powerful, rich says, this person wants to give you a gift, okay, now the expectation gets increased. Now when Allah Ta'ala says, I'll, I'm going to be giving you a gift, now you think, subhanAllah, the gift of from Allah. You know, this is subhanAllah, inconceivably great. And so, inshallah ta'ala, I just want to cover these two ayat because this concludes the fourth section, which is a section on Jannah from ayat 31 to 36. And as usual, I would like to show you the ring structure. And I mean, this is, again, this is just, um, what's it called? Ijtihadan, uh, uh, right? It's just, a, what's it called? It's just a, an attempt. There's no, this isn't a fact, but this is just an observation. So in terms of this section, from 31 to 36, ayah number 31 was what? Inna lil muttaqina mafaza. For the, the people of taqwa, they're going to get the mafaz, the great attainment and reward. I number, that's 31. Then 36 is what? Jaza'a min rabbika ata'ana hisaba. You're going to get this recompense from your Lord and this, this gift that you're going to say, enough, enough, it's just so much. So you can clearly see the connection between the two. That's just the gifts, or the, 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 the paradise, right? Then you get closer, and you have 32 and 35. I number 32, this is really interesting, the connection, and Allah knows best. Again, it's just uh, an interesting observation. Hada'iqa wa a'naba. Allah was mentioning two things that usually in dunya take a long time to get. Gardens and grapevines, right? So these are things that you have to invest lots of time for you to finally get the recompense. And Allah is saying what? They're always going to be readily available. It's not like you have to wait and work and, and wait and work and work and wait. No, no. It's going to be readily available. On the flip side, ayah number 35 was what? You're not going to hear one word that's going to ruin it all. So what's the connection between the two? that there are luxuries that take a long time in this world, but they're going to be readily available and quick in the afterlife. And there are quick words in this life that can ruin everything in just one second, just destroy the whole scene. And guess what? They're not going to be present in the afterlife. You guys see the parallel between the two? You see how there's a slight connection, an interesting observation. And then you might say, okay, closer than that, you have ayat. 33 and 34, which is what? And this is a reference to two appetites, the sexual appetite and the food appetite. Why? Because you're going to have companions, and this is something that we're not shy of. We understand very fully, clearly, that as human beings, there's lots of things in paradise that are going to please the human being, whether it be foods, whether it be companions, whether it be drinks, whether it be uh, 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 castles, whether it be rivers, whether it be mountains, etc. There's nothing, there's no shame in any of this. And of course, same thing with food. And, uh, and drinks and so on and so forth. So these are the two appetites and Allah knows best. So inshallah ta'ala, with that we close and I hope to open it up for comments and questions. Please feel free to do so and then inshallah hopefully next time we'll try to finish. I don't know if we'll finish it but that's the last, the fifth section. That's going to be all about judgment day inshallah ta'ala. Uh, may, may Allah ta'ala make us of those who can get to paradise. Ameen ya rabbil alameen. So who would like to open it up, break the ice inshallah ta'ala? Yes.